Hi, I'm Marianne Manderfield, Public Information Coordinator for the City, and today our guest is Jeremy Schoen with the Holland Department of Public Safety. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, how are you? Yeah, welcome to the podcast. This is your first time here. It is. Yeah, thank you for having me. Sure. Well, today we are talking about a very special unit in Holland's Department of Public Safety, and that is the K-9 unit. So start telling us a little bit about it, how many officers and how many police dogs do you have? Sure. Uh, currently, we run four uh, police service dogs um, in the canine unit. So um, we try to have a dog on every shift, every day of the week, um, except for if we're out for training or something like that. So we have uh, four officers paired up um, with an individual dog for each officer. Okay. And so those officers stay with that with that police dog 24-7, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so each handler works just specifically with their own dog. Um, and those dogs, they live with us. They go to every training that we go to. They work every shift with us. Um, so, yeah, we're with them pretty much around the clock. So and how they go, they stay at your house. They're part of your family and... Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yep. So they, they live with us. Um, occasionally, you know, you might see a um, canine cruiser that seems like it's out of its area. Probably just a canine officer headed home and he's got his partner with him. Okay. And how long is the training when the officer starts training his or her dog? How long does that period go for? Yeah. So initially, um, when we pair a new dog with a new handler or maybe it's um, a handler getting a second dog, We'll send them um, to a school for a month where they spend, you know, five, six days a week, all day working with their dog. And then when they come back um, to patrol with their dog um, and they hop in with training with the rest of the unit, um, it takes us about a year to bring a dog completely up to speed. But after that first month, um, I mean, they're working um, the road and they're, they're able to deploy. Um, and then after that, we're just constantly honing skills. And we, we never stop for the duration of the dog's work life. So okay. um, after they get back, we have two shifts every month, or it works out to about that every other week. Um, we spend a full day training with our dogs. Okay. So they're lifelong learners also. Yeah, exactly. And it's, they're all perishable skills. Okay. And then how, what does it take to be a handler? Um, good question. So when we... Um, have tryouts and um, there's a whole interview process that we go through looking for uh, new handlers. It's always very competitive. Um, we get a lot of interest from within the department. Okay. But the things that we're looking for is um, people who are very driven to work with animals um, who are patient um, and have a lot of perseverance. Um, someone that can make good decisions um, on their own that doesn't always need you know, a lot of guidance. So they, um, they're, they're good at what they do and they're confident at, uh, making decisions, taking control of the situation. And, um, and then they, they just got to have a little bit of grit because it doesn't always go our way and that right. can get frustrating, but you gotta, um, you know, get out of your truck on the next call and take another swing at it. Sure. This is going to seem like a silly question, but in terms of the home life that yeah. where the dogs are at, can, can there be children there? You know, it always just depends on the dogs. Um, we shop for dogs that have enough social, uh, a social element to them. So I know all of our dogs that we have right now are very engaged with our families um, at home. Um, personally, my, my dog is 
around my kids quite a bit, okay. but never unsupervised. Okay. Um, but yeah, he's great with them. I mean, dogs are pack animals, sure. so they learn their people, and um, they interact with them. Uh, really, it's, it's kind of a fantastic relationship. Okay. Fine. That was probably very special experience for the kids too i can only imagine of yeah know, I have, having that at home i have young and, kids and they're convinced that they have a police dog and i'm not sure, sure where i fit into that <laughs> equation fun how long has holland had the canine unit so there was a canine unit um, i want to say back in the 60s for a short duration of time oh, okay. um, that was eventually disbanded um, but then the the unit that we have today has been running since um the year of 2000 oh um, so quite a while yeah then. so quite a while we initially we started with two dogs um actually when i came on board that was an expansion to the third dog and then um just last year we were able to add that fourth dog which was really instrumental in giving the city that round-the-clock coverage mm-hmm. um you know where they don't have to page in a, a handler from home and get that delayed response sure. so it's been really good so there's Different areas of expertise, as I think I kind of understand it. Yes. And are these dogs trained in all different areas? Or Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So our dogs are all dual-purpose dogs. Um, So the easy way to explain that is um, our dogs find drugs and they find people. Um, Okay. Within that, there's some different ways we can go about that. Um, and, And that's really a wonderful way to run a dog. Uh, because we can get a lot more application. Um, you know, we, we're getting more value for the money that the mm-hmm. city's spending on these dogs because they're expensive. Sure. Um, so our dogs, um, they do drug t- detection, um, and we work closely with the West Michigan Enforcement Team. Um, so if they do a search warrant uh, nearby or traffic stops um, that you know are associated to a drug investigation, they're oftentimes calling for us because our dogs can search, you know, a house or a vehicle in just a fraction of the time and more accurately than hand checking. Okay. Um, so we not only find more drugs um, using the dog versus not, um, but we also can expedite the whole process quite a bit. Um, we also work closely with our tactical unit, um, with the special enforcement team, mm-hmm. and deploy our dogs um, for you know various tasks um, within there for locating um, you know, people who are trying to hide from us. Um, and then uh, we also use our dogs for tracking um, quite often. I mean, drugs and tracking are kind of our bread and butter. Okay. Um, so, you know, we track all kinds of different things from, you know, missing persons to um, suspects who have fled a crime scene. Okay. Um, our dogs also are great at finding discarded evidence. Oh, um, okay. You know, if, if someone is running and they, they throw something that would be of significance to our investigation um, okay. our dogs are very useful at locating human odor and all kinds of different places that you know say in a field with tall grass it would be very difficult okay. for us to search sure it doesn't make much difference to the dogs okay so they're they're very useful we um i could kind of go on and on about what we use them for sure. but i think that's a, a good overlook so you just kind of answered my next question which was uh, what types of calls do does the unit respond to and it sounds like all kinds of calls you know we're on patrol so we're taking um regular calls all day long that that any other officer would but then in addition to that if there's a you know felony in progress they're sending canine if there's you know a missing uh, person who may have walked away from um 
you know, a house or a residence. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll go and help on that. We help the drug team. Um, it's kind of almost anything and everything, everything but um, it's just a, it's a good way for us to serve the community in a broader spectrum that way. Okay. So when a dog retires, because I'm, I'm guessing what there's a time frame typically that yeah. the dog can serve for, do they, do they typically then stay with that handler's family or? That's very common. Okay. Um, and that's the most common outcome is that um, when the dog finally retires, um, the city actually does a transfer of ownership um, okay. to the handler, whomever sure. is going to be approved to take that dog. But most generally, they stay right with the family that they've been with for years. Okay. It's nice both ways then. It is. Yeah. That's, I think that's the best outcome. Yeah. That would be hard to say goodbye I would think if he's been a, oh absolutely you know the dog's been a part of the family for so long and absolutely right is there are there certain breeds then that work best there there's all kinds of breeds that work really well um, we have kind of stuck with um, German shepherds Belgian Malinois um, Dutch shepherds and um, we actually have one right now that's a German shepherd Belgian Malinois mix okay um, so that's kind of our wheelhouse it's mm-hmm. it's what we know. It's what's worked really well for us in the past, so um, we don't really see any need to reinvent the wheel on this one. Right. Don't but there are it. other breeds that work great for um, for this application as well. Okay. What What's something that the public may not know about canines that you'd like them to know? I think most generally I get asked why my dog isn't out with me um, when I'm taking most calls. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I think I – think, uh, I think really the public maybe doesn't know fully like what we use these dogs for. I mm-hmm. think the perception is is that it's a, just a drug sniffing or just a bomb sniffing dog. Um, but you know we we use them to find articles to find people, um, and uh, so our dogs are always with us. But generally in the car, um, they're an amazing tool. But we can't use them on every call. Um, one asset that these dogs give us that's very unique um different than any other tool that we have um is the ability to deploy them in a wide range of activities anything from you know a community event um where the dogs are in a situation that they're very approachable if people want to come up and interact with the dogs um you know so long as they uh, approach the handler um and request that we'll be able to kind of navigate that with them and uh, let them pet our dogs and just ask the questions and answer it but uh, we can go from anything from a community event um, all the way out to you know a suspect apprehension our dogs are aggressive but not always Um, they when we put them into certain environments and give them certain commands then they know that their job has now changed and um they are able to, you know, run and, and capture a, sus- a suspect. Um, but unlike any of our other tools, we do have the ability to recall um, our dogs. So if our dogs are sent on a deployment and say um, that a suspect gives up prior to the dog engaging with the suspect, we do have the ability to recall our dog okay. um, away from that situation. And it just becomes this very dynamic um deployment with a dog where we're able to escalate and de-escalate pretty rapidly and it's really the only tool that we have um where we have that ability mm-hmm. and so it brings just this unique um presence um and a unique advantage um into our daily jobs in that law they, enforcement sure that they can go from 
a national night out social community event to, you know, a, a call with a suspect or drugs or something. Just the broad range is pretty incredible. Yes. Such intelligent, intelligent creatures they are. Yes, they absolutely are. And, and you know, they can change change gears pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they do they do that really under our direction. And it, it's really a, it's a unique and very neat working uh, relationship that we have with these dogs. Wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit. Canine, you mentioned canine having the whole unit can be very expensive. Yes. And one of the things you guys have done in the past or gearing up for is your golf outing. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, our golf outing is actually coming up on June 28. Um, we host it at the Meadows um, Golf Course near Grand Valley uh, State University. This is our 12th annual golf outing, and um, we're rapidly growing. Most golf outings die in about seven years. Sure. Um, we actually have had to split ours into two groups because um, it's gotten so big. And wow. Community support is really, really strong. Um, but it's it's fantastic. We use 100% of the proceeds go directly um, to our unit. Okay. There, all of that money is, is marked specifically for our use. And we use that money to um, purchase dogs, um, to purchase training equipment um, that we need. And, you know, the training is always um, continuous. So there's a new school um, or our annual certifications that we have to uphold we use that money to pay for those things Um, and if there's you know a major medical expense that we didn't foresee that Mm -hmm. exceeds um, you know the finances that the city sets aside um, to support our unit every year um, then we'll you know help cover that as well okay Um, so that that golf outing is crucial um, for our unit to exist because without it you know I don't think that we could provide the level of service that we do today and is that open to anybody it is open to the public yes. okay are there spots still available if somebody wanted to register or is it i believe there's a few already? it fills up really really fast okay um we have amazing retention um, with our sponsors which has been a huge blessing um, but i believe that there are still a couple of openings um left and um if you are interested in signing up for the mm-hmm. um uh, to play in our mm-hmm. um, in the golf outing, or if you want to know more about just sponsoring um, our unit through um, whole sponsors or major title sponsors, um, we have all kinds of opportunities. And Sergeant Scott Doza, he runs our unit. He also runs the um, the golf outing, and he would be your best point of contact for that. Okay. And can somebody go on the website? cityofholland.com slash police to find out about it or would they call yeah um i would call um and i i can give you the phone number um 616-355-1100 and okay. ask for sergeant uh, scott doza um or you can reach him at uh, his email which is s.doza at cityofholland.com okay so if you want to if you want to play in this in this golf outing they need to better call or email it. get on yeah, it quickly and, and, um, you know, maybe you're interested in, um, you know, I don't golf, but um, there's other ways that, you know, I can assist the unit. And uh, so if you're interested in uh, donations or whole sponsorship or um, right now we're still collecting um, donated items for okay. our raffle. And we have about 200 players that show up for this every year. So that is so big. It's huge. That is. Yeah. Wow. And um, so if, if any of that is, you know, of interest to someone, they can still reach out to us. Okay. The same way. Great. Anything else you wanna you wanna talk about that I haven't 
asked or? Um, you know, I think we've covered a lot of things. I, I will say that um, I've been on the team now for about five years, and um, it's been one of the coolest things that I've ever been able to be a part of. So to be able to partner with an animal um, to do a job that serves um, the public mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, we're humanly incapable of. Uh, it's been a really cool experience. Very well, unique. We thank you. We thank you and all of the officers and all of the, the police service dogs because you are a huge asset to the community. So oh. thank you for your service and You're welcome. all that you thank guys you. do. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeremy, for joining us today on the podcast. You're Appreciate welcome. your time for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Sure. Until next time, this has been my Holland Update. <laughs>